Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hi, welcome back to People of Purpose. I'm your host, Tanner Badgley, and this week we will be wrapping up our conversation on transforming blockages and limitations into freedom, peace, and goal achievement. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage checking that out. Some of the things we covered are the work he does as a life architect and how it relates to a sense of purpose. Kim shared his mission of helping people get close and follow their intuition. He gave a walkthrough on how he prepares himself and equips himself to carry out his mission and purpose. He also defined who Christ is in his life, the role he plays and his approach to prayers. And last but not least, he talked about his self-developed application for focusing. And in this episode, we will be covering the core principles Kim follows to turn his skills into a business, the path he took to scaling up his business, his calm demeanor and handling of things despite his busy and fulfilled schedule, the difference between goals and potentials, and most importantly, the factors that differentiate him from other coaches and how he impacts and resonates with his clients. Well, let's dive in. Here's to becoming people of purpose. It sounds like you've gone through a lot of evolutions in your career path. Um, You're clearing spaces, you're developing apps, you're coaching people. I don't know exactly what my question is, but like, what is like some core, core principles of how you turn these like awesome skill sets that, that obviously elevate your experience of life into businesses each time? Like what, what do you do to make that happen to bring money in from, you know, learning how to focus your mind or whatever, um, or learning how to clear spaces? How are you, what, what principles do you bring into um, how to turn these into business businesses of their own? Okay. So first one was I talked about, about asking, how may I serve? Mm-hmm. Asking the question, how may I serve? And then who may I serve is another question, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've got to find out who can you serve. The thing is with the business side, the money side is because we live in a physical world, we need to have an exchange of energy. So there has to be some sort of exchange of energy. And I learned it, like I said, trial and error. I learned the hard way. I made mistakes. I tried different pricing strategies. Some worked, some worked, didn't work. I remember when I started, uh, I was charging, this is about 30 years, I was charging like 100 bucks an hour. And then I was like so busy. I was like, okay, we'll just keep going. I didn't think about it. And someone said, you know, you charge like three times more than everyone else in your industry. I go, really? I had no idea. I had no idea what the competition was doing. And uh, I said, well, I better drop my prices then, right? So I dropped my prices and people didn't get the results. I was like, what? Well, I'm helping more people because they can afford it. But what I found was there was a, there wasn't the exchange wasn't flowing. So it has to be an equal exchange of energy for it to be, to manifest the, the result. So then I learned and I started, I said, I dropped a certain price and then I noticed that people would have to come for five sessions to get the same result. I'm like, this is not what I want. I want results, you know? So I put the price up a few dollars and like got, they got it in one session. I'm like, okay, there is something about this money exchange. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I charge too much. It came back and hurt me. 
So I had to learn where's the, and this is the, again, the point of intuition, where's the point of exchange that makes it harmonious? And you've got to listen to your intuition. I have to say that from personal experience. Uh, because when I've helped someone when my intuition said, no, don't do it, I've always got hurt. So the exchange of any energy was pain for me. And you should feel completely free and happy and joyful after you've helped somebody. Of course, you'll be physically tired if you've been working, but there's a sense of, you know, really good feeling inside. That's when you know you're in harmony with your exchange. Mm. So then I also wrote a book. I think you talked about the uh, winning, uh, is your money running on empty? And that's an, that's my life experience of how I was able to build up the consciousness because I was, I grew up in a consciousness where if you're working for God, you don't get paid, right? You do it for free. But every time I did that, I got hurt. Yeah. So I had to, like, okay, well, if I'm doing a service, I've got to get an exchange of energy. So I wrote about how to change your unconscious belief structure so that you can be give even more because you can't give. It's like um, the, uh, the way the book came out about was because of the, uh, when I used to fly, the, the instruction on the, from the air stewardess was put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help others. And I was doing the other ones. I was giving to others before I gave to myself. So I had to learn this and went through the process of learning how to change the unconscious so that you can be giving all the time from, a, from abundance. You can't be giving from scarcity. You can't be giving from emptiness. You have to be overflowing. And that's why I do all this praying so my energy can be coming out so I can give more to people. Mm. I mean, that's a long-winded answer, but hopefully that, that helps you a bit. Yeah, I, I think on on the surface there seems to be some sort of contradiction that you're you're living a life fully dedicated to service, but you're like there's an aspect of this where you need to receive in order to be able to give that service. Can you break down kind of what that that small like little mindset shift is? If someone is in if it's say a client is in integrity with their their heart, mm-hmm. say I was living in the desert. And a client came to me for healing. They're going to be give me a bag of oranges or a or a chicken or something, you know. That's because of their respect for the exchange they've received. So there is an exchange of energy by providing food for me. Even Christ said, you know, don't take any money, just receive what they feed you. So it's like there has to be the exchange so you can keep working. If you're empty, you can't help anybody. Mm-hmm. If you're stressed about paying the bills, you can't help. If I want to uh, fly to America to help someone, it's like, well, I still have to pay for the air ticket. Now, where that, where's that money coming from? So it has to be, it has to, because we live in a material world, you have to have that. And we use money as an exchange in, in, our, in humanity right now. Right. Just like I said, if I was in the desert, they bring me food. So it's like you just... But that's honoring the exchange. People who take, well, I've had five situations where people didn't pay and all five or four of them were bankrupt and one of them lost his business afterwards because they didn't honor the exchange. There has to be a flow. So back to like, I guess my question is when you're setting up a business around 
um, clearing spaces or getting two minutes to focus or whatever type of business that you do, what is that process to make sure that you're getting enough in to pay the bills before you, you start to scale up that business and say, I'm ready to serve 15 people. I'm ready to commit, you know, t- 20 hours a week to this. It seems like there's an aspect of business where you have to like take a risk and go out on a limb and, you know, give before that you can receive the the thing in, in return. How does that process work for you in the early stages? Well, definitely um, when you're learning a new skill, I, I always believe give to five people, no charge, and let them then see who refers people to you. Mm-hmm. So that you, so you're giving to see, am I giving something that is of value to others? Mm-hmm. And, and if they give you a referral or they give you a testimonial or whatever, they, they're really grateful. They come back for more, but they want to pay you. But the, the thing is, remember I was saying about the mind is like a computer. You have, I mean, your mind is brilliant for working out all your accounting and all your chemistry and everything like that. It's, it's the heart that does all the big life decisions, but you've got to live in the material. It's no good giving if you're empty. Mm-hmm. You can't give if you're on your deathbed because you haven't eaten for a week. So to find the price you charge, this is, again, where you come back to the intuition. And, and also you could use your brain, okay, what's the market charging? Does that feel good? And I talk about that in the book, um, Is Your Money Running on Empty? How, how does my heart feel? How does my mind calculate the price and how does my, my heart feel? And does it feel integrity or does it feel like I'm stressed or is it uh, too greedy? Or And you're trying to find where's that exchange. Mm-hmm. And then you calculate, use your brain again to calculate, okay, here's my living expenses. How much do I need to, at this price, how many clients do I need to have to make it work? And allocating funds for marketing or, or exposure, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. In those, in the early days, I would go to every breakfast club, uh, meeting I could get to, networking meeting, just to, to speak for five minutes, 10 minutes to tell people what I did. And then through the praying, the people would come. Mm-hmm. So it's really getting the exposure um, to start your business. When the referrals are coming, you know it's like, okay, I'm providing a service that's, that's uh, in integrity. Cool. Does that help your question? Yeah, that definitely helps. That's really important to, to remember that people will, will refer people when, when you're providing a real value and service and it, cause they want to repay you in some way and they want to you know help yes. your business grow. Makes sense. Yes. So you don't really ask for those first five people to pay. You don't ask them to do certain X, Y, and Z. You just give to them and then you see what comes back to you. Yeah. And just, um, and it's honoring and respecting yourself. You know, my, my teacher would always say, make sure you have a, a side job when you're starting out your business so you've got food on the table, right? Right. Because you can't, you can't work if you're, if you're hungry. So it's like you have a side business that's just taking care of the basics while you're building your business. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I think what we're talking about here is more uh, common sense, which is not very common these days, but anyway, that's another story. It's like what, what taking care of business, especially, you know, if you have children or whatever, you know, you've got to provide. 
or, or you have a partner, it's like you've got to feed yourself, you've got to feed your family. So you've got to do whatever it takes to provide the basics as you're building your business. Right. And then on top of that, I, I've noticed that as a, as a startup type of person, you end up kind of burning the candle at both ends as well. I'm sure you've kind of been tempted with those things. Oh yeah. Uh, I really, I really admire how you keep such a calm disposition when I'm sure that you're really busy and you have a lot of people working for you and you have a lot of problems coming your way. Um, I'm sure you have great systems of handling those things, but what do you do when you're in a season of, of like needing to, to pay the bills and work the full-time job and then have the, the side business that's getting started and all the extra work that comes with starting a business and you still want to be there for your partner. You still want to be there for your health and you still want to have those two hour prayer sessions. How do you do it all? I would do, um, I would set very strong boundaries on how many hours you can devote to your business Mm -hmm. and only do not cross those boundaries. So say it's five hours a week or 20 hours a month that you're devoting to your business. And you just have such tight boundaries around that time that you don't bleed. As soon as you bleed, you start to burn yourself out. As soon as you go, oh, a couple more, I need to get this done. No, stay in those boundaries. Then what happens is it's like the law of, uh, what is it, um, uh, supply and demand. When your supply is tight, the demand gets stronger. So you become more attractive when you're burning yourself out. You, you become less attractive when you extend your time that you're focusing on your business, you become less attractive. So people don't come. And then you think you have to work harder, right. To get, to get more business. And it's not the way it's like, you got to be really clear on what's my commitment what do I decide to do? How many hours a month am I going to do to my business, devote to my business and stick to it? And this will build power within yourself. It's that commitment to yourself and that way you protect yourself from burning out. Now, what do you do if you have ideas that feel like they're coming from your intuition? You just shelve them for the next day because you can't take action right now because you've already hit your budget? Your intuition would not um, interfere with it. And if you get a great idea, write it down. Have, a, have an ideas journal. Just write it down. I have a, what I call the not now list. So I just put it on my not now list. And then every so often I look through my not now list. Oh, that's time to come out. Mm-hmm. So God will never give you more than you can handle. So quite often when you're in that phase, it's not God. It's actually just your ego or your mind or you're excited. Yeah. And so you just – and I had to learn – when I got those great ideas to sit on it for 36, for me, it was 36 hours where I couldn't take an action on it for 36 hours. And until, and after 36 hours, half of them were not real. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And took it, it was a trial and error to find first I tried 24 hours and I tried 12 hours and 18 hours. I just kept playing until I found 36 was my, my ideal number where I got really clear. This is, this is a go or it's no go. That's super cool. And then I have this, this list of not the not now list. And every, you know, once a month or so, I'll look at the list and it'll just pop out because you're interested to say it's time to work on that. And that's when you do it. But if you've got a thousand ideas, uh, you, you, you'll never have enough time for them all. Right. 
So, uh, and then the more you respect your time, the more you have those boundaries, the more God will give to you because you're being uh, honouring yourself, respecting yourself and obviously your family and you're building credibility in your in your energy field and respecting yourself and other people also feel that so you're not sleeping less you're not spending less time with your family you're putting the boundary on the business yeah yeah now was i always like that no way when i started out i was like crazy man <laughs> 80 hours a week no problem i just was so passionate about it yeah. but then nobody came Right? I was like, where are the clients? I'm working, I'm so excited about my business and investing and marketing and everything. And it was like nobody came because I was too much. What made them start coming? When I realized this is this was a lesson, they started coming when my heart opened. But when you're over you're overworked and stressed, your heart's closed for survival. Because uh-huh. you're not listening to your heart. When your heart opens, <sighs> And then you can start to attract. Mm. God's not going to send you someone if you're burnt out. And our ego say, well, I have to work harder. You have to work harder to get, get more. No, it's not true. Work less, receive more. So it's trial and error, finding out what is your optimal work time. Like for years, I remember when I used to work five, once I almost burnt out and, and unfortunately some friends of mine burnt out and it, for 10 years, 20 years, they couldn't work anymore. It's like they fried their electrical system in their body. So I came close to that back in 2002 or 2001, 2002. And it scared the crap out of me because I was like, what's wrong with me? I had to take six weeks off just to recover. And because I was so excited, I had so much work. I was like, wow, this is a great, I just kept working. I didn't respect boundaries. So I never wanted that to happen again. So I started to experiment how many days in a month can I work? How many days in a week can I work? How many hours in a day can I work? How much recovery do I need? So it was like this, this constant adjustment till I found out what my ideal formula is. And everyone is different. So you find out what your formula is. How many hours can I spend a week? How many hours can I spend a month? And that's it. And then you stick to it. Again, you're setting the boundaries because you want, the more you're tied on those boundaries, the more income you'll go up, will go up because you're not burnt out. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's great sharing. So you're tied into this awesome network with Dan Sullivan. I would love to like, be able to be close to Dan one day. I, I just know about him. I'm reading his book, Who Not How, right now. Written uh, by yeah. It's written by Benjamin Hardy, who was a uh-huh. previous guest of my show. Uh, that's how I found out about you. Was through Ben. Yeah, and that's who connected us. Yep. Ben was like, get on this People of Purpose podcast. So yeah. That's awesome. So uh, when you have a goal, and this is something that um I'm trying to teach people as well. The difference between goal and potential. And my experience is that when you go for goals, you can, you can burn yourself out. You can hurt yourself. But if you go for your potential, you'll never get tired. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was in my running, when I was doing my running, every week I would improve because I was working on my potential. Wonder how far I could get, how, far, how much faster I could I run. Then I switched to my goal of winning the Olympics 
And I started having problems and I started getting injuries and I think it's getting sick and there's all these other problems happening. And, and so uh, when I shifted to my career now, I started to see the same thing. And then I realized, ah, don't, don't just go for your potential. So you're constantly improving every day, you're getting better and better rather than trying to go for a huge height uh, without preparation, without the capability or the teamwork around you to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different logic than most people preach. Most people are like, break your big things into small goals and move your way towards them. You don't think that there's a lot that's great. to that for you? No, no, that's great. As long as you acknowledge the journey, the chunking it down. If you can see why well, I got to this point and it took me this much time, I thought it was going to do it in this short time, but it took me longer. So I'm going to adjust my goals, yeah. my long-term goal to fit. I'm not going to put myself under more pressure because I've got this deadline right. out in the future, which is not real. So you're starting to acknowledge, uh, I always say, aim forward and measure back. So you're aiming towards the goal or the or wherever it is. But you, when you're chunking down your goals, you're adjusting the goal depending on your number of hours, you know, your boundaries of your hours and how you're, how you're building your capacity to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise our, our minds think, hey, I can get it right now, you know? I know. And it's not real. It's mental. Uh, I've noticed that too. I've been an entrepreneur for one and a half years now, and it feels like you always overestimate what you can do in a short period of time. But if you stay consistent and work towards it, then you look back and you're like, wow, I didn't know that like I could accomplish that much. It's like looking back is a ton of gratitude, but you know, seeing in the, in the last, you know, three months, I did not hit this goal, but I have an immense amount of gratitude for what I did figure out. It's usually growth things that I feel really happy or proud about. It's not a certain metric that I had out, you know, planned out for me. Usually God, God kind of takes things in a, in a slightly different direction than I anticipated. And I grew or I found a new relationship or I had a meaningful like switch in my mindset or, I met a new connection that, you know, put me on a new path of opportunity. These kinds of serendipitous things that come up in the process of pursuing goals. They're really fascinating to me. Um, How do you think about like, you know, being clear and directed to your goal, but like having new things come into your, your field of awareness that maybe kind of can be positive distractions from the goal. Like what, what do you think about that? Definitely. Well, like when I was uh, with the book, uh, Is Your Money Running on Empty? When I was, when I set that program up for myself, I thought I was going for, to be wealthy, to get rich. Okay. Cause then all the stress would go away out of my business. All the costs of running my business would disappear. And so I was working towards the goal and on the journey, I found out actually there's a bigger purpose here. Mm-hmm. And the bigger reason was, I'm actually, it's not about getting rich. It's about becoming wealthy. And the wealth was, was peace of mind, relaxed in the body. I was seeing as I was doing the process, my whole body and persona was calming down. Mm-hmm. So by doing this program with the money, I actually had a, a side benefit where I felt more relaxed, more peace. I said, like, this is what you're actually going for, not for the money. It was so cool. So it was like that was a side. I did, wasn't expecting that at all, but it actually came as a side benefit of it. And so I changed my. I used the program going for the financial goals, but 
the real goal was this potential of being at peace and being calm and being able to be of service. And be, there was all these side benefits. It wasn't about that. It's like like now I've got this new mission where I'm getting in shape to uh, to to have another crack at the world champs for my age uh, running. And it's like, if I don't make it, it doesn't matter because I'm going to get health, wellness, I'm going to get fitness, flexibility. It's going to be so many benefits I'm going to get out mm-hmm. of it. It's got nothing to do with the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. So that whole thing about potential, how can I do every every time I'm exercising, how can this help my life, not mm-hmm. just win this, this gold medal? Mm-hmm. So it's very cool. Very cool. Well, I guess I wanted to to give you an opportunity to share about what you're doing right now and how people can get plugged in. I know that I I give you I gave you like a little sheet. I give all guests a little sheet um, to help us prepare. I I noticed that you um, said that people could book a group transformation session with you. Mm-hmm. What what is the purpose of those? What kind of happens at those? And you know what would someone expect if they were to book one of those? So what uh, if someone comes to one of the group transformation sessions, it's giving them a taste of my work. They're receiving a healing. Uh, I have two types. One is called um, remove stress, achieve success. And basically what I'm doing is I'm removing all the stress you have in the moment and clearing your energy so that when you're after the, the, the clearing, which is only like 20 minutes long, you feel completely quiet in your mind, you feel relaxed in your body, and you're more in touch with your heart, more in touch with your intuition so that you can go forward. Mm-hmm. So it's like a cleanup, once a month cleanup. And then the other GTA, uh, group, group transformation session, I have a specific focus. And I wrote a book called Winning the Game of Life, which you can get on Amazon. And this is eight mindsets of the most successful clients I've had and how they operate. And so what I've done is I've broken down these group transformation sessions to focus on one specific mindset to clear that energy out of their or that blockage so they can grow to a new level within that mindset so they can improve. And that one usually is about 45 minutes to an hour long. And that's uh, I have various different topics each month helping people to grow in, in whatever area they want to improve. So that's the two that I offer. And then some people say, hey, I'd like to do more personal one-on-one with you or can I get my whole team together? Like I've got, I've been working for companies where I'll do, they'll have their annual meeting and I'll give them a 20 minute clearing at the beginning of the annual meeting. So everyone is like clear so they can go forward. And so I do group transformation sessions for companies as well. And I call it the uh, team transformation 20 because it's only 20 minutes. And so it all clears. And so people ask me, why do you do it so fast? What's the deal? And the reason was when I very first started my business, I had a client, this is in Los Angeles, and I did the session, spent about an hour with her. And afterwards she said to me, do you know, I just spent 10 years in therapy on this problem and you got rid of it in one hour. And I'm like, I was so naive. Why would anyone spend 10 years in therapy? This is crazy. What a waste, you know, because I'm (laughs) such a, I want to, I want to win. I want my clients to win. So I said, that's it. I made a commitment that if I can do help this lady in one hour, what took her 10 years, I want to grow to be able to do it in 10 minutes. 
to wipe it out of their life, the, the issue. So, so that's, that was, that's how it all was born. That was 27 years ago. So I've been working on that goal to how can I improve? How can I improve my strength so that I can get people a result faster? And now I get people in a group a result faster. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the next level. So cool. What do you think it is that makes you such a special coach out of all the hundreds of coaches out there that people could work with? What is it about you and your work that, that you think um, really impacts or resonates with people? My passion for getting results and improving human performance, um, my relentless pursuit of excellence or my relentless pursuit of my persistence to get a result, mm-hmm. uh, the amount of time I take to prepare to help people, my commitment to God to be the best instrument I can be for God, uh, and I want all my people to win. You know, I want people to, to have a great life. Mm-hmm. So this is really what what would differentiate me. I haven't come across, because I mix spirituality with business and sport, I haven't really come across anyone who does that also. So that makes me unique. Mm-hmm. And But definitely getting results fast as possible so that people have a great life. I want people to get clear of whatever's holding them back so they can move forward and enjoy life. Beautiful. Well said. Well said. I have no doubt. You just, I mean, you did a lot of transformation in me within this session, seeing how to apply some of these things you just talked about. I I know I'm going to walk away a changed person just from this interview. And I'm sure that that's true for about anyone that, that happens to listen to this. It's been a really big blessing to have you and your experience and your, you know, you're an instrument of God. And it's really, wonderful to be in that presence for, for an hour and get to kind of ask all these sort of meandering questions that come to my mind. Um, I have such a clear picture of, of who you are and what you do. And I, I know that you can really be a great service to the world. Um, Thank you. I'm definitely going to recommend people to, to go to those sessions and I'll probably come to one myself too. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Well, I usually like to, to ask um, at the end of the interview about kind of legacy stuff. Um, do you have a big, you know, vision for, for what, what this looks like in a hundred years? Um, the kind of impact that you're looking to leave on the earth, or is that not really necessarily how you think of things? What do you uh, think of when you think of the legacy of your work? Definitely. Uh, I've, I've just, uh, next year I start my next 25 year plan. So I've been preparing for that to prepare all the, literature, the training to make it available for the future. So if something happens to me that it keeps going without me, uh, Mm -hmm. that people can receive and learn and grow. Uh, I'm constantly on the lookout for other practitioners who have gifts that I don't have that I can, I can collaborate with to help my clients um, to get the results. So I guess that's probably the legacy is like, not just finished, you know, living my life, but actually giving to the future mm-hmm. in whatever way I can and just working my butt off to get the best, best results and simplest for people to get the simplest results. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I want. That's my legacy there. Beautiful. And especially in the beginning about the men's group, you know, mm-hmm. uh, helping the men to be better leaders to be, and it's, 
I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the overview of it. It's about in, in the old teachings or the teachings in the churches is about man being uh, obedient to God. And, the re- and most men aren't because they're obedient to their ego. And so helping them to come in contact with their intuition is them being obedient to God. When they're following their intuition, they're following God. Mm-hmm. And so helping men to really build up their power and their strength uh, through the healings and through the discussions we do in the trainings so that they can walk into the world with this energy of leadership to really help the world rather than be just a part of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big um, big focus of mine going forward. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all this. You're it's, welcome. Thank you for the invite. I really appreciate uh, spending the time with you. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else you'd like to, to say before we, we cut the recording? No, I, I just, if people want to get in contact with me, they can go to uh, uh, kimwhitecoaching.com. Okay. And they can, uh, there's a, there's a free, um, one of the techniques called the cutting off technique, which will help you to disconnect from people who are draining your energy. Mm-hmm. So you can come back more to yourself. So you feel more, uh, of who you are, which gives you cl- greater clarity towards your intuition. So you can download that there on the website. And also you can find out where my next group transformation session is and all the other workshops and products I have. Beautiful. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate you being on the show and all that you've been able to share. It's it's absolutely remarkable what you do. You have such a unique path of purpose that you're walking and you're treading it so gracefully and so guided by, you know, by God, um, by a power that's much bigger than we can ever fully understand. I'm just really blessed and humbled to be a part of that path uh, today, getting to learn from you and share this and Perhaps in the future, we can do some cool stuff together. Yeah, and really um, keep going with your mission with helping people with purpose because getting the word out into the world is really important. And this, the whole platform of podcasts is so great mm-hmm. for easy access to so many people. It's really wonderful, especially now when, you know, during COVID and so forth, to, to be able to access a podcast to get some learning and, and is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you. That's true. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for being on People of Purpose. It was wonderful. Thank you. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question? Or is there something we can help you work through to figure out and reach your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Just send us an email or a message on Facebook. If you want continued inspiration, subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our insightful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. And if you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as receive daily inspiration, follow the podcast and journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast or at People of Purpose on Facebook to join our purpose-seeking community. By joining, you will know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose news, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration. I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me to nourish your path to purpose. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please post a review wherever you listen to it. Doing so will not only help us to grow, but will also allow your voice to be heard 
and who knows who you can inspire. Cheers, and here's to becoming. Beep.